From the Daily Northwestern, I'm Madison Smith. Welcome to Pod Culture, a podcast covering the arts on and around Northwestern's campus. Earlier this month, author Rick Riordan announced that a TV show for his hit young adult series, Percy Jackson and the Olympians, was coming to Disney+. PJO fans around the world rejoiced. Many now college-age students who were once convinced that they too were a demigod child of Athena and kept waiting for their own satyr to take them to Camp Half-Blood began to celebrate. I think that we have like a real shot here of getting a faithful Percy Jackson adaptation, which would be super cool. I've always wanted to see the series in its entirety with all the detail and nuance that fans have come to love over the years brought to life in a way that makes it so that future generations of fans can enjoy it. Really, I just want it to be faithful to what Rick Riordan originally wrote. That was Joshua Perry, a Medill freshman and longtime fan of the Percy Jackson series. He first discovered the books when he was only nine years old and immediately became invested in the story. I just loved it. Like, third grade me thought the humor was so sophisticated. It showed me, as a third grader who hated reading, that reading could be fun. And, like, I know that's ridiculously cliche, but it was kind of a turning point for me in terms of, like, actually caring about books and things like that. Percy Jackson has a loyal following that traces back to a lot of people's childhoods. Weinberg Jr. Abigail Petrata recalls her love for the series dating back to elementary school. I was like one of the OG readers because I just would read like everything as a child. Me and my friends were all like super into it. I dressed up as Annabeth for Halloween in elementary school. I had like the Camp Half-Blood t-shirt. I literally had a Percy Jackson birthday party. It was iconic, but I read the books like a million times. And then also we like learned ancient Greek for a bit. So I thought that was super cool. I can still do the whole alphabet. Alpha, beta, gamma, delta, epsilon, zeta, eta, theta, iota, kappa, lambda, mu, nu, z, omicron, pi, rho, sigma, tau, epsilon, phi, chi, psi, omega. And it was kind of a bit of like mystical, magical, and like real world. Being able to relate a lot of this stuff to myself. You now figuring out like which Greek god would your parent be and everything. I mean, I was just Annabeth and everything. It was like my username when I was a kid. From the very first book, Riordan gives readers characters they couldn't help but to love. These characters were iconic. From fan favorite Annabeth Chase, to the snarky narration of Percy himself, and even the flashes of humanity found in the series villain Luke. But after the premiere of the 2010 movie adaptation of Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief, many of the series' dedicated fans were appalled at the film's portrayal of these characters. It was just astonishing to me. I think that was the first time in my life that I had ever been truly disappointed by something. First of all, Annabeth had brown hair. Whoever played Luke, I don't know what was going on there because he was just like evil uh, and not great. The movie was just total garbage. They just did a lot of injustices to the source material. And I actually, I saw The Sea of Monsters too, the sequel that they made, and it was not, it was not better. It was not much better. Fans were quick to turn their backs on the film, and yet they had already done more than Riordan himself did. In fact, he says on his website that he hasn't even seen the movies. Riordan, who had not been involved in any aspect of the movies, even released emails he had sent to producers offering a scathing critique of their script and a potential rework. At one point, he wrote, The movie will become another statistic in a long line of failed movies badly adapted from children's books. No one wants that. And a year from now, I would really prefer not to be saying, I told you so. He claimed to give them 12 pages of notes, a line-by-line rewrite. They didn't accept them. It's like they didn't even read the book. It's like they looked at the chapter names and were like, what can we do with these? That was Mia Hodges, a communications sophomore and self-proclaimed Percy Jackson superfan. 
She even has a TikTok dedicated to PJO named at Simping Leo Valdez. Lots of fans attribute the movie's failure to Riordan not being involved and its inability to stay true to the book's plot. So when Riordan announced the TV show himself, alongside his wife, it came to somewhat of a relief to fans like Abigail. My sister ran downstairs to like tell me about it and she had the video and I was like, okay, when is this coming out? Like I need this now. I was just very excited that like, Rick Riordan's just all up in it. I wanted to be like very to the book. I mean, I haven't read the books in forever, but I'm very much looking forward to like rereading them in preparation for this. And then I really hope that a lot of the stuff that I looked at as a kid, the diversity and everything is like very included in that. They have a lot of LGBTQ characters. So I'm really hoping that the series kind of keeps that. Even like I have ADHD and I thought that was so cool in the books. Just thinking back, that's so important to kids to like see that. The series representation has been significant to a lot of fans. Back in 2013, he included a coming out scene for one of his characters, prompting some backlash. He wrote honestly about complicated and at times abusive families. His second series, Heroes of Olympus, included a cast of main characters from many different racial backgrounds. For many of the young readers, like Mia, this representation was incredibly important. It really, really meant a lot to me. I had a hard time growing up. I had a lot of like issues to begin with. It's children who are mentally ill, ADHD, and dyslexia are really, really hard to deal with when you're growing up, and they have a hard time coping with the world around them, and I had a really difficult time doing that. And then secondly, in the second series, the character Leo Valdez meant so, so much to me because he was another Mexican character who was in no way a stereotype. He was goofy, he was dumb, and like not cliche in the slightest, and I really, really related to him, and I had never related to a character as much as I did before. Not only did these books give readers representation for themselves, but it also exposed kids to a lot of different identities. I think it has one of the best examples of diversity in children's literature and middle grade literature. Because first of all, it's like mental health issues, minority representation, there's LGBT representation beyond just gay people. There is non-binary representation, there's Native American representation, Latina representation, Black representation, and Asian representation, all in one series, and all of them are created to be important characters. It was his goal to make sure that none of them were representing stereotypes. He's clearly very conscious of his impact that he has on children. He made the series for his son who had ADHD and dyslexia, and he didn't realize how impactful it would be to kids outside of his son, but I'm afraid because Disney they're gonna take out a lot of the important representation. But because it's on screen, it's gonna be less interpretive, which is also kind of scary because it means everything has to be made with purpose. Along with her worries about how Disney will treat the series' diverse representation, Mia is concerned about Disney's involvement in general. The nature of it being Disney scares me because it's gonna be very, very over-commercialized and I'm afraid that it's gonna lose a lot of the charm and the importance it has to people. But something I really want and that he is giving us is 12-year-old characters and actors. And hopefully it's like Harry Potter where it's like, these are nobodies, nobody's ever heard of these guys. And then they're never forgotten as like the Harry Potter people. They can do whatever they want, but they're always gonna be the kids in Harry Potter. So I want it to be like that. But I'm so afraid of Disney making this just another project that can give them money because they know that the audience is there and that people are going to watch it. So many people, this means so much to them and they're going to watch it no matter what, even if it's terrible. That's out of probably Rick's control, but at least he's going to be a big part of the script writing and like casting. But from Riordan's involvement in the script to the casting of young actors to play the 12-year-old characters to having each book played out over the course of a whole season, 
Mia remains optimistic about the upcoming TV series. And even though Riordan's series was originally targeted towards a middle school audience, Percy Jackson is bringing joy to these college-age students. For Joshua, the resurgence of the series during the COVID-19 pandemic is a source of comfort. Isolation has made everyone a lot more nostalgic. Now especially, I think we're all stuck inside, sad, back in our childhood rooms. It'd be nice to take some comfort in something that we're familiar with and something that makes us comfortable and reminds us of a simpler time. Reading these, again, gives a lot of sense of comfort, which I think that we are all looking for. And like, this was honestly the best announcement of 2020 for me. It like gives a sense of hope that there's something to look forward to and that the things that meant really a lot to them when we were younger are still important to us now and there's something we can always cling to that makes us happy. While the release date for the TV series has yet to be announced, it's still giving us all something to look forward to. From the Daily Northwestern, I'm Madison Smith. Thanks for listening to another episode of Pod Culture. This episode was reported and produced by me, Madison Smith. The audio editor of the Daily Northwestern is Molly Lubers. The digital managing editors are Callan Luciano and Hina Stravastava, and the editor-in-chief is Marissa Martinez.